Do you know who Buffalo Man is? <laughs> now I cannot forget. Yeah! Thank you, President Trump! Thank you, Q! America! Land of the free, home of the brave! Oh, because I just told you. He's burned into my brain because I'm alive and I've been watching the news. I can't believe in all the pictures though. You didn't see the Buffalo man. He's the center. I know. He's the symbolic center of the insurrection. This is Weird Religion, a podcast for people who know religion is weird, but love it anyway. I'm Leah Payne. I'm a historian, author, professor, and I really thought 2020 was going to be the weirdest year of our lives. But... <laughs> my name is Brian Doak. I'm a professor, biblical scholar, and one of my favorite TV shows as a kid was Unsolved Mysteries. Ooh, this week, we're going to talk about the religious significance of Buffalo Man, an individual named Jake and Jelly who stormed the Capitol on the now famous January 6th Capitol riot slash insurrection dressed as a buffalo. There's a lot here. Where do we even start? I'm sure you have some ideas. <laughs> Join us. Join us. He is the moment. Okay. He is the person. When I saw this guy on the news, yep. I actually, I didn't even text you about it probably because I knew you were already obsessing about him, but I was just like, this is, this is so up Brian Doak's alley. Oh, I feel so seen right now. Just that <laughs> you saw Buffalo man and you thought of me, you thought I would, I was like, he is going to very, he's going to be obsessing about this. Okay. Person. Before we get, before we get too deep into the hilarity and comedy of Buffalo man and the iconic and the iconic iconographic analysis of Buffalo man and the religious analysis of yes, Buffalo man yes, we are going to that analyze. we want to make before we do that. I want to make a couple of caveats, a couple okay. of things. Okay. Namely hot take. I was, I just, I spent Wednesday horrified and I'm by this insurrection. And I, I, I want to say too, that like, you know, uh, today a law, a law enforcement officer passed away who had been injured. Um, apparently there were, I think now that's, there are five people who passed away regardless of the reasons why they died or what it was. I'm not even going to get into it or pass judgment, but just to say, I don't want to be frivolous about a moment in which people have died in which the fabric of our democracy was tugged at the very least tugged at, um, doesn't mean there weren't some weird religious moments to talk about. There were, yeah. but I, I just yes. want to say that and just be totally clear about that. No, 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 no. I, I think that, um, I think it's that implicit, any humor that any humor or any religious studies analysis that we will discuss in this episode is in some ways, at least from my perspective, a little bit of a coping mechanism. Yes. That's a good, that's a good way to put it. Because, you know, since I, okay, here at our podcasting headquarters, um, there, there was, we work with a couple of other people on different projects. One is a video producer and it, the, this person's quite a young person. Mm -hmm. And I was on one of my like professorly rants in the summer. And I was like, what's scary right now is democracy. Mm -hmm. Like as a concept is, is being, um, assailed right now. Mm -hmm. And so I, and I was telling this younger person, like I felt exactly like my dad, you know, like when my dad would be like, you know, and so it was horrifying. I can't, I can't actually come up with the words. Ugh. It was like, I was sad and angry and just scared. Ugh. So yes, totally. that's a good, good reminder. Yeah. 
Okay. So having made the caveat, having, having excused ourselves now to just revel, <sighs> to just revel in the iconography, the apocalypticism, the epiphany that was Jake Angeli. Okay. First of all, get your hot take on this. Now that the information about Buffalo man. Uh-huh. So by the way, Buffalo man, if you haven't seen Buffalo man, we'll, we'll try to put some links up on the socials, etc. is an individual who um, is shirtless in the insurrection mob who has tons of tattoos, some of which have like Germanic kind of like, um, you know, that old European probably have some Nazi kind of right wing sort yes, of symbolism yes. and um, Viking kind of stuff. And he is dressed with a headdress, which has Buffalo horns on it. So he's shirtless yeah! and Buffalo horns and the key moment, the key photo, he at one point mounts the podium, the, the head spot at, at, in, at the house floor in the Capitol mm-hmm. and poses flexing and for pictures. So I want to come back to that. But first of all, let's do a little background on this dude. We don't need to, you know, people can do their own Googling and figure it out. But basically it was thought at first, like all things, that he was maybe like an Antifa plant who had been no, planted. No, it was thought. You mean Trump supporters. Yes. <laughs> claimed. Trump supporters claimed that <laughs> it he was, was it was thought. People are saying he's Antifa. <laughs> People are saying it. You know what? I didn't wait, wait, say wait. it. I got in a really hilarious text exchange with some people yeah. who we were all texting. They're, they're all Pentecostal scholar, like renegade Pentecostals. Yeah. And so we were texting back and forth about it because this is just like, just so if you're not a religion scholar, weird religion listeners, this is like religion scholar overload, oh, right? Because there's so much imagery. Mm-hmm. So we were texting back and forth about it. And someone said, yeah, I have a relative who said this was Antifa. And I texted back mm. right away. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. It's a totally different aesthetic because yeah. one time, this was years ago, way before any of this had come to such a, a terrible climax. Yes, but yes, yes. Um, my my spouse and I were downtown in downtown Portland. And at the time, Proud Boys, who I hadn't even really heard that much about. This is several mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. They were having a protest. Yeah. And then there were Antifa counter protesters who were going to be there. And for those of right. you who don't watch the national news, Portland is a well-known site for clashes between these two groups. So I was like walking on the sidewalk. I had to get out because we had to get tickets at will call. And we forgot that there were these protests that were going on and Mm -hmm. and the city was like kind of at a standstill for it. So my husband was trying to park the car and I got out and I started walking down the sidewalk. And all of a sudden I found myself in the middle of a bunch of Antifa people. Nice. And it freaked me out at first because they were all dressed in black and their faces were covered in black masks. Black is the color of Antifa. Antifa. Yeah. So I knew for sure. But by the way, the, the way that story ends is I felt a little uncomfortable, but then I bumped into one of the protesters and he was like, Oh, excuse me, ma'am. And I was like, and I Oh, think, pardon me. And I, that was fine. <laughs> yeah. And I think that that, that could even be part of the Antifa vibe as well. It's like, it's like hostility toward the outside, but a lot of politeness, you know? Oh, and, uh, yeah. I felt the, completely fine after that. So I texted back. I was like, I guarantee that's not Antifa, that's not Antifa. because I actually well, ran into some I mean, and they would not have the bull, the horns, the horns. The horns. They wouldn't be doing yeah. the Buffalo thing. The Buffalo no horns, way. No way. Um, but basically this guy is somebody who is either recognized by a community or a self-styled prophet of QAnon. Thank you, Q! Did you yes. know? Yes. He's a prophet of QAnon. The fact now that QAnon has prophets. You and I, okay, you called QAnon oh. well over a year ago. Oh, well, we wrote well an article for the Washington Post where we talked about like the conspiratorial nature we of did. certain Christian communities. Just putting that out there. We did. We told them so. That, that you knew you. you actually identified them because you're on all of these like Reddit things. <laughs> <laughs> all these places where the Q. You knew 
Q this is would be a Reddit deal. is not a Q thing. It's it's four chan and eight chan, four channel, right. eight channel. It's, oh, yeah, just, yeah, it's yeah. these other message boards. But Reddit is kind are. of like a sort of off is a more mainstream version of these things. But oh, yeah. yeah, so the fact that this Q this you have profits of a conspiracy theory. My first question is hot take, yes or no? What do you think? Do you think that a guy like Buffalo Man? really believes he's a prophet of Q or this is a big like joke. It's like a performance art kind of thing. Well, hot take is, I don't think it matters. Um, I, well, I could see it going both ways. Like I could see it being sort of like a performance art thing, much the way we've seen some of these, some national level politicians where they, you don't think that they think some of this stuff is true, but they're kind of saying it to sure. appease their constituents. Right. And then all of a sudden they're kind of maybe talking themselves into it. I actually right. heard, I think it was Mitt Romney who on the Senate floor when, when they were debating yep. um, the validity of the election. And he was saying, he was basically like, this is on you all, you haven't told people the truth. So right. I could sort of see embodying a kind of sure. identity and then getting to where you sort of like it. What about you? Oh, no. I think that that effect that you talk about is really real. Um, Even sometimes I feel this way when people commit crimes, but they're on trial and they're like, I'm innocent. I'm innocent. I think it's like, you can almost say it so many times that you you, start to, even if you've like committed a murder, you almost think I really didn't do that actually. And you can like inhabit an alternate reality. So I think that slippage can occur. I think it's uh, i I'm pretty cynical about it. Like I think probably for Buffalo man, it's a joke. Like you think? he's a, well, some of the info on him so far says he's, you, a, he, I haven't looked he's a, he's a voice actor. He's somebody oh. who's posts her pictures with Rudy Giuliani. He's clearly like an opportunist of some kind. I think. Is he, I think he, I mean, and he's I probably going to go to prison. And I, well, yeah, well that's, that was my first reaction is looking at these people. I, I felt even a little bit of sadness thinking these people have just ruined their lives. They've thrown their lives away basically. Cause this is now that people died an officer died, you know, like, you are now like domestic terrorists. Like yes, this is what you, this yes. is all for like, they were only really running amok in the Capitol for like 15 minutes. Well, one of I the- I think it was only like some number like that. It's pretty, pretty short. So- One of the weirdest oh. of these videos, I haven't, you and I haven't even talked about this, um, is this one where there's this woman named Elizabeth who, um, Elizabeth from Knoxville, mm-hmm. who gets, I think she got maced or something when she mm-hmm. was going into the Capitol building and she's, crying and that one has gone viral ma'am what, what happened to you i got maced you got maced you <laughs> and it's i think somebody you know like a, there was a tweet that said elizabeth wasn't ready for the revolution or something like that <laughs> and, and what happened you were trying to go inside the yeah Capitol? I, I made it like a foot inside and they pushed me out and they maced me What's your What's your name? Where are you from? My name is Elizabeth. I'm from Knoxville, Tennessee. And why did you want to go in? <laughs> We're storming the Capitol. It's a revolution. And but the thing is, it's like I actually am curious. Wh- how could you get into a frame of mind where you would not expect? Because mm-hmm. if I were to do that, I would expect to go to federal prison for the rest of my life. Well, that's, that's where you see how, you know, just the emotions involved and trying to imagine yourself. I mean, this was one of the most famous, um, historians, sociologists of religion, indeed the original sociologist of religion, Ah, Emile Durkheim said that that's what he thought religious religion really was, was what he called a collective effervescence, right? Like you get together and it's just like, you know how you feel when you're, maybe if, if you're not even a religious person or you don't understand that concept, you could go to a concert. And if you're really into a song, just the way you feel yeah! in that moment or a yes. sporting event or whatever. I, I don't, you know, I don't know if our listeners are a big sporting event crowd, <laughs> but 
<laughs> you know, maybe a music and you get that feeling. So I could imagine being part of a group like that and just feeling the rush, like, oh, something's going to happen. And there's all this like mysterious kind of like ambiguous language around. Um, and the woman, the protester who died, who was shot inside the Capitol, Ugh. one of her last tweets was something like, we're going from darkness to light. This is a classic kind of like apocalyptic religious right, imagery. Right. There's so much But of it's that. also QAnon imagery. Like yes. that's what the QAnon stuff is about. It's almost like Masonic or Illuminati kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's a mishmash of all kinds of things. But um, I can see getting swept away in that effervescence, which according to Durkheim at least was constitutive of what a religious experience is. You know, it's, it's fascinating that you bring that up because one of the things that I was thinking about was the power of ritual and ritualization. Mm -hmm. um, so there's go there's a lot of talk about how President Trump amped up this and right. and ordered right. this riot to move to the this domestic terrorist right. act right. to move to the Capitol. And I, I was thinking about how ritualized moments are some some ritual theorists talk about it as this sort of mysterious moment where power can change and people can like take on different powerful roles that they wouldn't right. normally take. Like, sure. so for example, you know, if you're in, in this kind of like chaotic um, space of a rally, mm -hmm. like you might be, you, you might like come to this, this moment where you feel entitled to the space or something like right. that. Um, I, on the other hand, so I mean, you know, the religious theorist in me just is going crazy with this stuff. On the other hand, then then the the kind of commonsensical person, and I want to hear your take on this, is mm. like, this is just so objectively wrong. And mm. there's been a lot of coverage in the media about like Black Lives Matter protests got a much different reception. Oh, yeah. Um, on the steps of the Capitol. And protesters didn't do anything like what these people did mm. yesterday. So- then the other part of me is like, why am I even trying to put myself in these people's heads? Like, right. this is just wrong. Like, I don't want to, you know, so I, I, I feel like this constant tension in my own brain about that. What about you? Well, and I think too, there's an element, I mean, I, I can just speak for myself, like as a white person, a white male, like I came from a poor white rural family and just seeing maybe poor white rural people the emotions and a lot of them are very negative, I can assure you, but you know, those emotions are intertwined also with feelings of, of my own space and like the, you know, like it becomes very confusing. Right. But the, uh, on this idea of taking on an identity, a role, this takes us back to Buffalo man who puts on the Buffalo head and becomes, it was almost like a kind of like a, you know, like a like nature, he's channeling like a nature ritual. Of... Yes. Like he's channeling the Buffalo. Um, now, here's why this was my favorite moment. Now, is this a cheap analysis or not? I don't really know, uh, you know how, to, how to think of it or if this is too obvious. But in the moment when Buffalo Man is on the dais of power there in the Capitol mm -hmm. with the Buffalo head, mm -hmm. it's a very formal, almost stylized picture when you look at it. Like I'm looking at it right now. Like Since you told me he's an actor, I'm like, oh, that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. Because he definitely knew how to seize that, that he moment. He sees that moment. He has a flag. He's standing up there. It's like the Buffalo horns. It's almost like it's perfectly, you know, it's like, and what I thought in that moment, this is what came to me. I was like, oh, this is like the, the great American religious epiphany, the appearance of a God in a moment. It's as though we thought at that great seat of power was all kinds of organized senators and people, but no, Ew. it was always Buffalo man who was actually there. He took his rightful quote unquote rightful place Ew. in that space. He was there before he's been there for a long time, maybe even before Trump, let's say, and that's his space. And he claims it. And that's what an epiphany is. This moment where you, 
you see the God embodied actually for the first time. And there in naked reality, if there's anything good about the insurrection for just America politically, it's that we got to see embodied this reality that Buffalo man, he's the leader. Okay. That is so freaky. (laughs) And I think that there, I think you have something there because all of this language in the news about how this is not America, people mm-hmm. say, oh, this is not America. Right, now, yes. That, that oh, is aspirational. I like, I like where you're right? going with this. Right, yes. but what I hear you saying is this guy who, I, there's an article and I'll find it and I'll, I'll put it in the links for for this podcast. Yeah. But there was an article that said like, here are all the neo-Nazi signs you need to, uh, it, uh, shoot, I can't remember where, where I saw it, but basically like, of the photos taken of this event, mm-hmm. here are all the white supremacist neo-Nazi symbols that mean something if you're a part of that group, right, but you might right, not right, recognize. Right, right. And so when I hear you say that, like I actually got almost Pentecostal freaked out. Nice. Because you're you're maybe arguing that like the God of that mm-hmm. has always been yes. like in the in the the foundations of the institution. And it's right. sort of in a weird way, a prophetic unveiling. Yes. It's, it's in a way it's an apocalypse, right? This is what the word apocalyptic means. The, the word apocalypse is used in popular culture to mean an ending, the end of the world. It's but not it really is. It's a, re, unveiling. It, it's a revealing the word apocalypsis in Greek means unveiling. So it's an apocalypse. It's an apocalyptic moment to see the unveiling of the God there at the, in the temple at the key spot in the temple. Okay, so I have, I don't even know how much more time we have left for this conversation. Obviously like minus need, three minutes. Ah, uh, okay, because the follow up question that yes. I had to that yes. was about like the respectability, as, the aspirational, this is not who we are. Oh, yeah. You know, I, that's that a response. America, land of the free, home of the brave. Yeah. Well, that was a big deal with Islam and 9-11 as well. Like, this is not true Islam. Like, as though people wanted to come from the outside and, and make a declaration about what they knew Islam to really be versus what actual practitioners do. I mean, this is a serious issue that religious studies scholars would discuss. We, like, we talk about right? this all the time. Like, what is real Christianity? In fact, I just saw a tweet today that was something about like, uh, there was a professor who was teaching a quote unquote political Islam class. Mm. And- uh, a Muslim academic said, well, are you going to teach a political Christianity class? Right, right. And the person looked at her like, blink, blink. When like, it's is like, that even a thing? Yeah, yes. that gets back to the yes, age old, for religious studies scholars, for at least from my perspective, there's no difference between religion and politics in that respect. Like you can't just say, okay, well, there's like a political version of it and there's mm-hmm. an apolitical version of it. This is us, y'all. I've got, I've got one more creepy story oh, to, no. to close this off. Okay. This is an ancient story. It's from Augustine's City of God, which he wrote as the Roman Empire was had fallen. Crumbling. He said, Augustine says in a very bizarre passage in the City of God says, you know, when the barbarian horde was at the gate of Rome, there was actually a woman in a house. She was a daughter of two local prominent parents and she was seven feet tall. And people were coming to this house to gawk at her, to stare at her which I, I just found to be such a bizarre, and he used this as proof that giants in the Bible were real. Cause he's like, look, there are even giants today. Even, even look like there's oh, this lady interesting. giant. But to me, I was like, oh, what a moment. You have the horde on the outside and what are people doing? Flocking to stare at this image of like what they thought was this freak show, right? Weird. And so this idea that when, when the gates are crumbling, you stare, you stare upon a representation of horror. Um, I think to me also uh, is an image like that, that this is the image of the monster, the monstrous, right? Of the mixed form 
the ambiguous being, the Buffalo man. Hey, thanks for listening, weirdos. Why did you say it so derisively? Ah, uh, it's a compliment. <laughs> it is. For extras on subjects covered in this episode and other related jokes and miscellany, do not forget to follow us on the socials and visit our website, weirdreligion.com. This episode was produced by Leanne Drain and Ryan Smoke at our new studio space, The Bunker. Our theme music is by Cassie Blum and our artwork is by John Williams. A special shout out to the Wabash Center for Teaching and Learning in Theology and Religion for their support for these new episodes. Remember when you podcast, podcast with us.